Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoyed today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, we're in part three of a message series we're calling Resolve, and the, the theme for this series comes from one of my favorite children's books. We've been talking about it each week, and the book is called We're Going on a Bear Hunt, and again, there's four children and a baby sister and a dog, and, and it says, we're going on a bear hunt, we're going to catch a big one, what a beautiful day, we're not scared. And you know, if you know the book, that along the way, they run into obstacles. And each time they face an obstacle, the book has these famous lines, which is really the theme for our series called Resolve. The book says, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we got to go through it. We got to go through it. And life happens, and life is hard, and there are challenges and obstacles that you face every single day. And you can't go over it, you can't go under it. Oh, no, you got to go through it. Through it. Resolve. Determination. And see, and life happens, and the key, the angle we're really taking with this series is, what is your response? How are you going to respond? Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And so in part one, you can catch these on YouTube, the, the hardest person to lead is you. It's the person that you look at every day in the mirror. And last week in part two, again, you can catch on YouTube, podcasts, we talked about the story of Elijah and there was this great line that said, the journey ahead is too much for you. Your God-given purpose will always be too big for you. And, and friends, these, these conversations, they are important. They're challenging. And, and they're not fun. And you're probably not going to send me a thank you card this afternoon. But these are important conversations. These get to the heart. Because, because I want you to live your life. I want you to live the life you were meant to live. I, I want you to live your best life. And we have to get this. And that's why this conversation is so important. And one of the things that I find in my own life, and I find to so many of you who I talk to, is that it's just easy to, to, to get comfortable. It's easy to settle. It's just easy to just be okay, the status quo. And, it, and it's not great, and it's not bad. It's just okay. Well, well man, how's your marriage? Eh, it's okay. I mean, how's the kids? Eh, it's okay. How's your job? It's fine. How's your health, your friends, your work, your school? You know, it's just, it's just okay. Today I want to ask you some questions. I mean, really, it's a series of questions, and it's really the same question that I'm going to state four or five different ways. 
Okay, Here, here's the first question. What are you holding on to that is holding you back? I mean, what are you holding on to that actually has a hold on you? I mean, what are you holding on to that the people around you are, are quietly wishing that you would just let go? I mean, they want you to let it go. What's weighing you down because you refuse to let it go? I mean, what is it that you thought would make life better but actually has made life more complicated? What's slowing you down because you won't put it down? I mean, what are you dragging around that's slowing you down because you won't let go? What are you holding on to that you feel compelled to keep hidden? I mean, I mean you, don't, you don't want her to find out. You, you don't want him to find out. You don't want them to find out. I mean, if your kids knew, you'd be humiliated. If your friends knew, you, you would be embarrassed. I mean, it would be embarrassing if, if people in your life found out. What, what, what's been forcing you to compensate for what you should have simply let go? Let me use this illustration. I've used it before. Do you, do you know how to, to, to trap a monkey? And this is interesting. This has been happening for centuries. What you do is you take a, a large coconut and you tie one end of the rope to, to a tree and then you hollow out the center and make a hole in it just big enough so that an open hand can go in but that a closed hand cannot. And so you put something in and then what happens is the monkey, they stick their hand in the hole and they grab the fruit or the banana and they won't let go. They refuse to let go. And so maybe the question we should ask is, what are you holding on to that's making a monkey out of you? If you would just simply let go, your hand will come out. I mean, is it a, is it a grudge? I mean, are you carrying it around? I mean, some of you, you've been carrying it for years, even decades. Bitterness has built up and, and you will not forgive. You will not let go. I mean, some of you are carrying around addiction or a secret and, and something that started as a pastime, but it's become a pathway. And some of your habits and your, your anger and you have these destructive habits that you can't let Go. I mean, some of you are fantasizing about an old crush or you hold on to an old letter. And, and all of us have something. And the simple idea, the simple principle we're talking about today is identify what it is that you're holding on to and realize that it's costing you. It's costing you at home. It's costing you financially. It's costing you in terms of, of what's happening in your body. It's costing you uh, in terms of your dreams. It's costing you in your influence. And so identify what it is that you're holding on and let it go and walk away. And you're not just hurting yourself, but by holding on, you're, you're, you're pushing off or holding off the people who love you the most. And, and, and who love you and want to be so connected to you in your life. Now, I'm going to make a, a bit of an interesting transition at this point in our conversation. See, it, it, if you are a follower of, of Jesus, there, there's even more here. 
Now, I know when we gather in this room on Sundays in person, or, or those who are online, whether uh, listening to my voice on a podcast or watching a video, there are many in our church every Sunday who are exploring, and, and you're not sure about God, and you're, you're not sure about Jesus, and, and it's perfect. I, I love hearing from you, and I love having conversations with you. We're all about helping people find and follow Jesus and experience a, a real and authentic relationship with Jesus. And I believe Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. And so, man, if you're exploring, if you're not sure, man, I am so glad you are dialed in right now. But can I talk for a moment specifically to those of you who are followers of Jesus? See, if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus says, follow me. And he's saying, hey, listen, there is more. There's so much more to your life. There's purpose and meaning. And if you're holding on then you are becoming enslaved. You are becoming mastered. And the problem with becoming enslaved is that you already have a master. Now, this language, master-slave, okay, it's, it's, it's kind of offensive language, really, and it's really a sad part of American history. I mean, we are still fighting systemic racism. Well, it's still, there is still injustice and racism. But, but, but God is making a point, and you've got to listen to what he's saying. See, Paul in the first century, he, he wrote a, an extended letter to followers of Jesus who were living in Rome. And if you know anything about history, the, 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 the good news of Jesus is spreading like wildfires in Rome. In fact, it was spreading so fast that the, the emperor Nero blamed the Christians, the followers of Jesus, for burning Rome. And so Paul writes them this letter, and here's what he said in Romans 6. 16. He says, listen, don't you realize that you've become the slave of whatever it is you choose to obey? That is, when you stick your hand in and you refuse to let go, you are obeying that thing. Whatever it is, you won't let go. That, that habit, that addiction, that pastime, that, that pathway. He says, when, when you don't let go, and, and when you obey it, you make yourself a slave to it. And Paul is saying, hey, whatever you say yes to, or whoever you say yes to, they are controlling you. That thing or that person has become your master. You see the, the language here, why it's important. And, and so Paul continues, and he says, you can't be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or, or, you can, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Now, here we go, okay? Now, I want you to stay with me. This is, this is an important, but it's a very challenging conversation because here is what Paul is saying, and, and this is so important. He's saying, he's saying sin, which again is a loaded word because you bring your background into your definition of that word sin. But in the, in the New Testament, in Paul's writing, he's saying, hey, sin is anything that hurts you. It's anything that hurts those around you. And so if it hurts your wife or your husband or your kids or your coworkers or your, or your neighbors, then it's sin because sin breaks relationships. And maybe an easier way to, to think about it is this. If it's not good for you, if it's not good for your spouse, if it's not good for your kids, if it's not good for your coworkers, then it's sin. And what the Apostle Paul says is that sin 
always leads to death. Sin destroys. Sin breaks. Sin kills. And so sin kills things. And again, this is not new. You know this. I mean, somebody did something to you. Or you did something to someone. You had a secret. I mean, you were unfaithful. You, you lied. You, you bended the truth. And, and that sin and what had happened, it, it kills. It kills relationships. It kills careers. Sin destroys what and who you see in the mirror. Sin kills your confidence. See, sin can kill your, your health. Sin can kill your financial security. I mean, if, if, you have, if you have a bad habit, if you are irresponsible or you just ignore what she said or you ignore what he said, if you ignore all the good advice and just do, ever, just do whatever it is that you want, it kills, it destroys, and sin kills hope, and sin kills peace, and it destroys, and it breaks. And that is what Paul is getting at when he, when he uses this word, sin. And many of us today, we've experienced a broken relationship with a loved one, and the root cause, if you get down to the cause, is sin. Now, friends, God, the God I serve, the one and only true God, who, who has invited us to address him as heavenly Father, our God who loves us so much, our, our God who, who sent his son Jesus to, to live for you, to, to die for you, to give his life for you. Of course, God is against sin. See, but God is against sin not because he is against you. It's better than that. God is against sin because God is for you. He's for you. And it breaks his heart when you or the people around you, when the people that you love, it breaks his heart when you or the people around you are hurt, are broken, are enslaved and trapped. And what Paul, what the Apostle Paul is saying, he's, he's saying, hey, hey, whatever it is that you're holding on to, whatever it is that has you trapped, that has you enslaved, he's saying, let it go. Let it go. It's killing you. This is not what God has for you. Don't settle for this. It's not okay. It's not just how it is. It's keeping you from living the life you want to live. It's keeping you from fulfilling your life purpose. It's keeping you from your God-given purpose. And you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or, notice the word, you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Do you see what he's saying? He says, you, you can be a slave to sin, and that's death and destruction and brokenness. But then he counters it. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. And Paul is saying, friends, obedience makes things right. Doing what is right when it is hard makes things and keeps things right between you and God, between you and others, and between you and you. We, we, we said this a couple of weeks ago in part one. 
And, and this is so true, and it's so good, and it's so rich, and, and it's just so right. If, if we just got this one principle, I mean, if you just live this one, if I could just live this one principle every single day, it would radically alter my life and your life, your relationships and your future. Here's what we said. I will prioritize what I value most over what I want now. I will make decisions, right, on what I value most over what I want right now. And this is this is just why. This is what great husbands do and great wives do and great parents do and great bosses do and great employees and great friends and great leaders. This is what they do. Think long term. But the challenge is right now, all of us, you and me, we want something now, right now, that is not the best. I want to eat something. I want that dessert. Or, or, or maybe it's sexual, or maybe we want to buy something or spend money, or I want those clothes, or I want to look at something or say something. And, and, and I know I'm going to regret it, but I can't help myself. And we make decisions on what I value most over what I want now. And, and so the question is, what, what is it that you value? Do you value family or relationships or financial security or getting out of debt? being wise or influent, making a difference, making an impact in the community. See, doing what's right when it's hard makes things and keeps things right between you and God and you and others and you and you when you look into the mirror. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than, than laying your head on the pillow at night and say, you know, you know I don't know what's going to happen I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I did the right thing. I made the right choice. I walked away. I held my ground. On the contrary, on the flip side, there are few things that will tear at your soul more than facing yourself in the mirror and knowing, I mean, I was a coward. I lied I deceived, I compromised, I did the wrong thing to protect myself. And guess what? Sin kills, and it takes its toll on your soul. But obedience, Paul is saying, obedience makes things right. He continues, look with me in verse 17. He says, thank God that once you were slaves to sin... But now you are you. But now you wholeheartedly obey uh, this teaching we have given you. Let's see the word. But now, but now you wholeheartedly obey. It, it, look, he says obey, not just believe. He says obey. He's talking about obedience. He's talking about wholehearted, whole self obedience. And this this teaching, this this teaching, it's a new way of thinking. What Paul was saying is a new pattern for living. What he's saying is it's a new way of seeing the world. It's a new way of seeing your, yourself. It's a new way of seeing your family. It's a new way of living. It's a, it's a new way of seeing God. A, a new way of understanding, of understanding forgiveness. It, it's a new way of viewing your stuff, of your resources. It's a new way of viewing your money and your time and your future and your career. 
And it centers on this very simple, very compelling, but very terrifying idea. We are to live, we are to treat others in accordance with the way God, through Jesus, has treated us. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're to do to others as God, through Jesus, has done to us. We're to treat them. And if we really embrace this, if, we, if this really becomes our, our heartbeat, if, if, if you move this from your head to your heart, if you really embrace this and get this, it will change everything. And it will compel you to finally let go, to let it go of the things that are keeping you back. It, it will compel you to let go of the things that are weighing you down because his, his overarching command is tied to his extraordinary gift. We are to love because we are loved. You love because you are loved. And when this becomes the driving force of your life, then anything, then anything that's not good for you, anything that's, that's not good for, 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 your, for your spouse or for your kids or for them, anything that is not good for, for her becomes off limits. And here, here's what, what the Apostle Paul is saying, is that obedience frees you. See, it frees you. Obedience to God frees you. It doesn't enslave you. Obedience to God frees you. It frees you from the complications and ultimately the consequences of sin. And in fact, Paul unpacks this a little further in his letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, hey, don't you know that your bodies are the, the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, who, whom you have received from God? He says, listen, followers, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Let's say again, Paul wrote this in the first century. And in the first century, you're like, well, Paul, what are you talking about? My body is not a temple. I mean, they, they had all been to temples. There were temples everywhere. There were temples to all kinds of God. Everyone in that culture had been to temples. There were pagan temples. There were, there were Jewish temples. There were temples Everywhere, and the temple was holy and sacred. It was set apart. And, and this was, when Paul wrote it, and today it is, this is a radical teaching because a temple is a sacred site. And, and in the first century thinking, they're thinking, a temple is where heaven meets earth. It's, it's where God comes down to earth. That's a temple. And Paul says, Exactly. God has done something radically new. And from now on, from this point forward, God is in you. God in you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are sacred because of who lives inside of you. And this is what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians. He says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. God is in you, whom you have received from God. God is in you. God in you. you are, you're not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with 
your bodies. You are not your own. In the first century Roman culture, again, there were, there were slaves and there was a slave market. And some of this language is offensive with master and a slave. Uh, this, this language is offensive now, but it made sense in the first century. See, because see, Paul is trying to make a huge point. And Paul is saying, hey, hey, you got to get this. You, you have to, to understand this because this is, this is all about your value, the value of your life. And he's saying, listen, you're so valuable that you were purchased by the blood of Jesus. This is, this is the heart of the message of Jesus, this is the heart of the gospel, this is the heart of the good news, is that Jesus came for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus gave his life for you, and he has made a way for you and for me to be in an authentic, real relationship with him. And so I must ask you again, what are you holding on to that's holding you back? I mean, what is it that you're holding on to? What is it? Whatever it is, it's keeping you, it's hindering you, it's holding you back from from the life that God has called you to live. It's holding you back from freedom and from peace and from hope. I mean, what is it? Is it anger? Is it a grudge? Is it a habit? Is it a friend or a group of friends? Is there a certain type of entertainment? Is it money? Is it alcohol? Is it ignoring your your health or maybe being too focused on your health? Is, is, is your family competing with something that you do? Is it an obsession? See, the heart of God, the desire of God, the, the plan of God is for you to be free. And, and, and he's saying, hey, it's not worth it. Whatever you're holding to, don't be mastered by anything or anyone. Don't be enslaved. It's not worth it. I have a bigger plan for your life. Don't settle. Okay is not Okay. Oh, it's okay. Break out of your comfort zone. Break out of the status quo. Because I have dreams for you. I have purpose for you. There is a God-given purpose for your life. And, and, and friends, go, I want you to go for it. I want you to believe that God has purpose for you. That God has a purpose for you and for your family. God has a purpose for you uh, in this city and in this community. But something's holding me back. And he's saying, let it go. In fact, Jesus said this in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you can have life. And, and I want you to have life in the fullest possible way. That's the life Jesus wants for you. Life in the fullest possible way. And whatever it is that you are dragging around or holding on to that's keeping you from living that life, please let it go. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at mymechurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.